Why is it that every time I bring up my favorite movie or song, y'all call my shit corny? You act like I don't have no taste and no flavor. I'm a Luddite or some bullshit like that. What kind of particular shit is that? It's the shit I like. That's what I like. That's my type of shit. You know? Why don't you know y'all supposed to just say something nice? Showtime. Welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. Film, TV, and music news, discussions, and reviews from a multicultural point of view. In addition to our Say Something Nice challenge, in which we challenge each other to say something nice about the best and worst in pop culture. Be sure to check us out at SSNpodcast.com and on all social media under the handle at SSNpodcast. Our show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, TuneIn, and wherever else great podcasts can be found. Please rate us five stars on iTunes and Stitcher so that more people can find our show. Thanks, and here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. We are so glad to have you here today. Today is Sunday, April the 7th, 2019, and I am here with Ali. Hello. And our special guest, Adam, a.k.a. Duval Spit. Hello. Good to see you. All right. And so we are— this is being recorded in front of a live studio audience. Yep. yep. Listen, 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 Adam. I hear him. (laughs) Yeah, that one— that was because they heard that I was coming. And they were like, yeah, 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 that guy. Oh, no, all right, no, no. fine. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> <laughs> that, was all, that was all for me. So you're welcome, gentlemen. Uh, now they're cheering for you. That's a lot of cheering for you. <laughs> all right, so we are here today to do a full review of the new, new Line Cinema DC-adapted movie, Shazam! After our little quick early review we did after we saw the Fandango screening, I went back and as you probably suspect, if you listen to this podcast, I saw it a few more times. Just a few. different formats, just to see what it looked like in different versions. And Brandon, tell them how many times you've seen it. Four. That's, that's, not, my, that's not my record. I'll just be no, clear. I know that, but it's been like <laughs> a week. <laughs> it's going to stay, it's probably, it's going to stay at four, I think. Um... Mm-hmm. When lies become reality for mon- for monetary reasons, and like and part of that force facilitated through the benefits of Fandango's wonderful VIP points program, where oh. they give you um, monetary um, rewards for seeing movies. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, like, wait, you rack up points and then they give you a free ticket? Not a free ticket, like five dollars off. Oh. Which was necessary because tickets today are expensive. <laughs> it depends on the, depends on the cinema and the format. Yeah. Hey, well, I'll, I'll talk about formats and stuff in a little bit. Uh, but first, we're going to do just a little bit of news. It's, there's no... I don't have... it. Well, actually, I do have some other things to talk about uh, that I've seen this week. Um, so, I was off this week, and I actually spent a lot of it time sleeping because I hadn't slept properly in literally literal months. And so I recalibrated, slept, and went back to the gym and started exercising and eating better again. It was great. It was wonderful. Uh, so I didn't actually even turn on my TV until, like, Thursday. 
Uh, and But on Thursday, I started watching Doom Patrol on the DC Universe streaming service. Oh, yeah. Doom Patrol is adapted from a, I don't know if I should say obscure, but sort of kind of off the beaten path DC comic. Essentially, it's the same setup as the X-Men and actually was developed almost concurrently with the X-Men and they went to publication first. Uh, people have said that X-Men is a ripoff of Doom Patrol, which, while possible, it's, they're so close in publication that it just might be a coincidence unless Stan Lee has spies at, the, at DC's office. No, that's coincidence. <laughs> they're too dissimilar. That's... <laughs> I don't like I don't like if people are saying that. They're they're too dissimilar. There's right. enough like they're both teams that weird stuff happened to, but you 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 said that and when when you said spy, it makes me think that you know somebody over there in Marvel, after they've heard the news from the boardroom about the <laughs> X-Men, they ran to like the nearest payphone outside on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Mac. Call- listen, Mac. It's me, Joe. Listen, listen. Marvel's <laughs> gonna do a new series called X Men. Listen, can we get somebody to get oh, some of together for DC for us so we can get it out faster ahead of time? I'm just imagining the rotary phone in the booth. <laughs> 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 oh no, this is back in the like, early 60s. It would be like, um, give me Walmac 3347. Okay. <laughs> you have to call the operator. Let's call the operator. <laughs> One oh, moment, please. <laughs> <laughs> While we joke, DreamWorks actually did that shit to Pixar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's how you had ants come out before a bug's life. But if anything, that does give credence to them being too similar. Right. Because, like, ants is nothing like a bug's life. And that is true. Robots, what, what was that one? Like, robots was linked up with. Damn it, what was um, it? I'm not Wally? sure. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Wally. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. robots is Dreamworks. I think robots. robots is somebody else. Um, but it was still the it same. It was still like the same idea. Sure. Brandon, I think, I think, I think, wait, robots wasn't um Dream Dreamworks? Robots is Blue um, Sky. Blue Sky Studios. Oh. And it came out okay. before Wally, but it might have been because Wally was in production for a long time. So you never know. Well, that's uh, what happened. Is a bunch of them that came out first. Like, what was the one for Monsters Inc.? Uh, crap. It wasn't Shrek because Shrek was early, early, early on. Um, I know that. Still might I know that Shrek. That still might link up time wise. Might be. I know Finding Nemo became a Shark Tale for DreamWorks. Yeah. That one's yeah. obvious. Uh, the and Incredibles. then the Incredibles became Megamind. That one I knew. Megamind yeah. got delayed a couple of years too, which sort of kind of separated from The Incredibles, but definitely they made a movie because of The Incredibles. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so Doom Patrol, though, is in a con- Sorry. No, it's, it's <laughs> all- <laughs> uh, Doom Patrol is the story of a bunch of misfits who are sort of kind of who live in a mansion that is owned by Dr. Niles Calder, who basically travels the world doing experiments on and trying to save people who fall into like who happen upon unusual, unfortunate circumstances. And so, like, the key characters are Robot Man, who was a former race car driver who was in a terrible accident, and the only thing they could save of him was his brain. So they put his brain into this uh, makeshift robot. Uh, he's played um, in voice, at least, by Brendan Fraser, who also plays his um, alter ego, Cliff. I think it's Cliff Norman, if I recall properly, or it might be somebody else. I'm looking at something like that. Let me make sure I get that correct. But basically, like, 
Brendan Fraser plays him in all the flashback sequences in like in like as a in live action, but like in the show, he's only doing the voice, and it's a stand-in who's doing the acting. And he probably looks more realistic than Brendan Fraser's actual face now. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Brendan Fraser has been through. I love that guy, yeah, but yeah. he's been on, through some man. shit. He's been through it. Like, um, like I heard that when he, back in the day when he was all those comedy action movies, he did a whole lot of his own stunts and probably shouldn't have. And so, like, he's got like all these mobility issues, you know, like um, uh, painkiller abuse problems he suffered through, and then of course, you know, the sexual assault stuff that happened to him. Like, um, oh yeah, that's yeah, right. I forgot yeah. he was the person that that came forward with that. Yeah, like yep. he's been through. Like this is the first big profile that he's done in a very long time, and it's and uh, as a result of all of that, he decided to pull his face backwards. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. He, right. Yeah. He, he, look, he he's what I guess he's gonna be at fifty by now. He looks his age because um, he looks like his face has gotten like it's like it's like Travolta. His face is Travolta. Yeah. What's happening? It's got really Isn't that really like wide. a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Cliff Steele. Is Robot Man. Uh, and I gotta say, Brendan Fraser, he decided when they said this part, this is gonna be unlike anything I've ever played. He's cussing up a storm. Uh, before his accident, Cliff Steele was cheating on his wife with his with his um his child's nanny, and we see them in the bed, um, having the sex. And I'm like, Brendan <laughs> Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's so it's a robot man who basically like you know he's a brain in a can and you know he uh, you know separated from his family who think um, who some uh, he assumes they think he's dead but apparently his daughter knows that she he's still alive but he's trying to figure out when or if he should contact her. There's a negative man who is uh, Larry Trainer who's played by Matt Balmer. Um, in the flashbacks and in the voice in the current in the current stuff, he was a test pilot who took a aircraft into space and re- and was like uh, basically like um, possessed by this strange uh, negative ionic force out in like sort of kind of like the outreaches of the atmosphere. He has no control over it. It just sort of kind of pops out of him, looks like a person, and just sort of kind of affects electricity and things. And it, but while he is out of him, he can't live for more than like a couple of seconds without it. He starts to feel weak and sort of like pass out. And like before his accident, he was hiding like secrets. Like he was, um, he was secretly going around with a male lover and cheating on his wife. And it was sort of kind of, he was going back and forth between whether he wants to be, um, with the guy or with, or with his, or stay with his wife. That wasn't in the comics though, was it? I don't believe so. Um, certainly wasn't in the 60s, uh, but it's... it's <laughs> I'm just trying to... It's been a minute since I've read Morrison's Doom Patrol run. Yeah, they're definitely doing, know. like, a whole lot of Morrison stuff in the show. Uh, and then there's yeah. Elastigirl. Well, she's Elastigwoman now because of uh, The Incredibles. Uh, yeah. um, who's Rita Farr. She was a actress in the 1950s. She was shooting a movie in Africa, and, the, and she fell through a bridge, and came contact with some green, weird substance that turned her into basically like human, like like a human, like human elastic rubber, but she has no control over her form. In the comics, she eventually learns how to make herself like super large, like um, sort of kind of like Giganta or uh, Atom Smasher. But so far, she's only able to become a blob in the show. And it's, it's, it's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. 
Because, <laughs> you know, you know, this, like, beautiful poised, you know, 1950s old-fashioned actress with, you know, hand gloves and everything and high heels. And all of a sudden, blah, 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 she becomes a big, like, like flesh-colored, just blob rolling down the, the, um, the, the highway. How much of this show have you watched? I've seen the first three episodes, maybe four. Um, they released all of them, right? Uh, they're, like it's not like once a week or something? It's once a week. I think they're like halfway through. All right, I'm still waiting then. Yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely once a week because like, you know, they don't have the money to really put them all on. <laughs> they gotta, is that really what it is? They got to stretch it out because they only have um, a, a couple of series every year. And it's, it's, I guess it's, I guess it's sort of kind of like um, amortizing the um, expenses of them over time. So just trying to convince new people to sign up every single week instead of all at once and then right. all at once and then all at Yeah, like, okay. And plus... What, all right, sure, whatever. That's cool. And plus they are adding, um, finally, because they had to convert them all to uh, 4K, they're adding every uh, back issue that they have the rights to add to the service now. Because before it was like a curated 2,000, then it became 10, then it became 20, and now they're going to put like the full uh, 200,000 back, DC back issues they Good. have on um, file. Good. Right. So curated is stupid. I understand why all these companies do it for everything, but it just pisses me off as a consumer. Because you want, like, I don't, they never have the thing you want. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And I don't want them telling me what the things I want are. Like, I understand that we want to have uh, water cooler stuff, but I don't want to feel like it's being controlled by a corporation. Like, if I work, if I work with you and we both have the DC service and then we come into work next week, oh, did you see that they put out Shazam episodes or issues 57 to, to 68? Let's talk about those ones now. No, thank you. <laughs> I will read what the hell I want to read when I want to read it. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> I don't want... and mm, I have Netflix, but that's why I hate Netflix too. Yeah, like because like things come in and things go out. On Netflix, and also that's also yeah. part because like the studios and Netflix don't like each other, and it's all, it's that whole thing as well. Um, so it's the it's those three. Um, Doctor Calder is in and out. He's played by Timothy Dalton. He's out on missions a lot yeah. of times, but like because so, he's got to go record Toy Story Four. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh-huh. and so like whenever he's away, um, they start acting the fool. Um, and there's one more. I remember I forgot to mention it. It's um, Crazy Jane. She's played by Diane yeah, Guerrero. Yeah. Crazy Jane is, has um, 64 personalities, and each personality has its own superpower, and they she has no control over them. They just pop in and out, sort of, kind of like whenever they feel like it. And so one day when the chief leaves, they decide they're going to go into town and see if they can hang out like normal people, which causes a complete scene and exposes them to a supervillain named Mr. Nobody, who's played by Alan um, Tudyuk, who's perfectly cast. He's also the narrator. His narration is like snarky and fourth wall breaking. What accent does he use? He uses his regular like American accent, but he's... Yeah, because I was going to say, he's from Texas, but like Britain... Britain were the ones who are like, nah, that guy. Yeah, like he, like he's he's talking about, um, um, because I, I think at some point, like uh, he's like, like, like 
Somebody asked me, who are you talking to? Oh, uh, Reddit trolls, uh, Grant Morrison fans. <laughs> <laughs> and a few okay. people who subscribed, okay. to, who subscribed to watch the rest of the show after they saw a donkey fart in the first episode. Like, a donkey okay. shows up in the town after they expose themselves, and a donkey is a portal to another dimension, and he farts out messages from Mr. Nobody. Yep, so, that sounds right. Yeah, they're doing all the crazy Grant Morrison shit, basically, is what they're doing. Yeah, And... Yep. The when like the, the commotion at the Doom Patrol causes when they go into town causes Cyborg to like be alerted of it, and so he shows up trying to do like the regular superhero thing, trying to figure everything out, and he ends up trying to lead them when they discover that the chief's been kidnapped by by Mister Nobody to try to figure out where the chief has gone, and so it turns into sort of kind of like a like inept superhero team thing with Cyborg, the only one who knows that be an actual superhero, the other three. I, being various degrees of cooperative at various times. And it's it's actually a really well put together and very unique show for this type of thing. Like it doesn't follow the template of any other show that anybody's done with superhero characters. It's like definitely that. doing its own thing. It's, like, it's really, really good. Uh Jovian Wade, who um uh, um he, so the show is shot here apparently in Atlanta. In the Atlanta area, I think Conyers is what they use for the downtown scenes, which is a suburb of Atlanta. And so people know people I know know uh, Jovian Way, who's the actor who's playing Cyborg. <laughs> so huh. like, um, and uh, Phil Lamar plays his dad Silas over like the uh, yeah. Um, yeah Phil Lamar who's who's on Mad TV and was the, is the voice of a lot of like the DC characters on like Justice League and that kind of thing. And has been every black male character on animated series in the past 20 years. Yes, yes. <laughs> all... Leave him alone. <laughs> no, no, that's a compliment. Oh, not, wait, wait, Phil not, Lamar not, Three Summers. I'm sorry, not, not Phil Lamar. Phil, Phil Morris, who, same thing, oh. still applies. <laughs> <laughs> you took it away from me. <laughs> they, they're both sort of kind of um, do a whole lot of voice work. Yeah. Uh, is 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 Jovian Wade? Is he on the Teen Titans show too? He's or not. Are they not have a cyborg on the Teen. They don't Titans? have a cyborg on the Teen Titans show. He might probably show up in season two at some point, but um, yeah, he's not on because they're also not teens on that show. Beast Boy's a teen, Raven's a teen, but uh, Sapphire right. and um, Robin, who's originally going to be Nightwing, because Batman has fired his ass and replaced him with um, Jason Todd. Um, it's probably it's, it's going to become Nightwing at some point. He's sort of kind of in between so, identities right now. So the series is a whole it, pass for me. Does that mean that there's like when you say he's going probably to appear in season two? Does that mean you're saying that maybe the cyborg from from Doom Patrol might make an appearance? Yeah, I would imagine he make an appearance. He probably I don't know if he joined the team. That's that's to be determined. Okay, I know they're adding Superboy in season two as a regular team member. Wow, that's which which one? Uh, Connor Kent, the um the one oh. who was in the, the one who comes from Project Cadmus and out of the glass tube and stuff. He broke out in sort of the like the tag of the season season one finale of Titans. It's a good Titans is a good show, except for their Robin. Mm-hmm. Their Robin's acting is sort of in and out, no. and it's also not really that true to the Teen Titans comics. Is doing its yeah. own thing. No, I, I, <laughs> this, this is hot. This is a pass for me. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, on this TV show, I'm out. 
I've only seen what like maybe two episodes, but I I should watch it from the beginning to to get some more context um, for everything. But um, yeah, I wasn't I, I, like when I saw it. Brandon showed me one episode, and I watched one episode on my by myself, and I wasn't I wasn't moved just yet. So I'm going to take a look yeah. at it from the beginning because I want to know how these things started up. So I can do you. Do you I just, know? I want to just to so that way when I do comment and Brandon goes, no, it's actually really good. I can go, well, actually. <laughs> You're gonna come explain him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just gonna. I might watch this Doom Patrol. I'm liking everything that you are saying about this series. Teen Titans is that's still a pass for me, though. That's right. um there's not enough there to make me go there. Yeah. I know next up they have Swamp Thing, which I might watch, but I've never really been into Swamp Thing like that. It's sort me of kind neither. Of outside of my, like, my purview. Um, yeah. And um, Have you tried? I've tried. Have you been? I've, I've well, tried. I don't get it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like, you know, you got to be like, a, I guess, a horror movie fan to really get into like, or like a creature fan to get really get into Swamp Thing. Because like... That's the thing, though. I can't figure out what you're supposed to be into to get Swamp Thing. Like, I've, I know people that are into it, and I've tried over the years. Like, every few years, I'll be like, ah, I'm going to read a Swamp Thing comic this year, see if this is when it takes. And then nothing. I don't get it. Has Swamp Thing ever been in animated media? Probably. I know they're best, they've had movies and a TV show back in the day as well. Yeah. yeah. So was it was it popular back then? Maybe popular-ish. Like it was successful. Sort of. It was popular for being unpopular. <laughs> like it's one of the most famous unpopular things ever. The Swamp Thing and Swamp Thing 2, uh, if I'm correct, both bombed in the theaters but then became kind of a cult thing either because of or in spite of that and it somehow it feels like is even more famous now because it's just become a name that people know Hmm. it helps that like alan moore is obviously even more famous now than he was when he wrote for swamp thing yeah but yeah as far as I can tell, that's why it is known in like mass pop culture. Comic book people definitely love Swamp Thing. And again, I don't get it, but I know a bunch of people do. So right. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm more interested in Stargirl, which doesn't come out till next year. Because they're basically using Stargirl to sort of kind of do like the, just, the Justice Society of America. Mm. Are they doing that show or movie? It's a show. It's a DC Universe show. Um, what service? DC Universe. It's, um, it's, they're doing it for that. Oh, okay, okay. I got you. All right, good luck then. Yeah, um, so I saw that. I saw the first four and a half episodes of the second half of season one of the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, uh, which came out on Friday on Netflix. Yeah, I took a look at that too. You seen them all, right? It. I finished it. Yeah, you, you and, and your 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 um your best friend Miss Wartwell. This <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 
every time this woman walks into a scene. What is going on, man? <laughs> she just walks in, just, just purchases herself. It's like, so, Sabrina, have you Everything decided what is, you're going to do? It's like, <laughs> it's like watching honey just drip from a... <laughs> what, what is going on? Why are you just eating up the scene and just smacking your lips? Like, <laughs> I just... Wow. What what an actress! Like they probably they, they got her and they were just like, oh shit! I didn't even they didn't even know. Probably. <laughs> it's like what? Right. <laughs> yeah, she you you know that means she can never die, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she can never die. She's probably one of the most popular um, actor um, characters on the show now, so they can't ever get rid of somebody like that. Yeah, they can't. <laughs> they really can't. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that show is really good. Of course, I, it's it's like um, I'm I don't know. Like uh, the one thing I would say is not really a complaint yet. Uh, they have they seem to have a witch variant for every holiday that you know mortals have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and every and a witch variant of every Christian symbol. Yeah. <laughs> Is that not actually more accurate? It might than be. I don't want know. to get credit for. It might. Well, I'm be. saying, like, <laughs> if we're supposed to know that, like, Christmas was took the place of Saturnalia, yeah, and they did that so they could get more play. Like, is this witch thing that far off from the truth? Yeah, well, aren't most like Christianity um, has done that? Yeah, they have. They do. Because, like, they celebrate, like, the winter solstice in Sabrina. Right. Like, um, they had, like, the Christmas special, which I hadn't seen yet. I saw as the first episode that they then Netflix gave me when I went back to rewatch it. <laughs> um, and then, like, they had, like, some something that was, like, basically about, sort of kind of like Valentine's Day, except for there was more um, fucking involved. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that tracks. That tracks. And, and, like, right before that, though, you had to, like, it was like a chase in the woods where the, the women dressed up like Little Red Riding Hood and the boys dressed up like, like wolves. Yeah. <laughs> and they had to hunt each other down. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just wow. <laughs> this show, this show is just like I, I'm watching an episode, and I just have to pause and be like, "What the hell is? What am I watching?" <laughs> you have to pause the show and turn to your Bible and read from First um, Corinthians and Second Corinthians. You, you, you need like, all the Corinthians. Tell me what Paul had to say about this. <laughs> I I am so interested, like. Um, because I don't have the channel, uh, but because I know that they always, there's always a um, some kind of a um, backlash from the from actual um, Christian um, networks or whatnot. I'm so interested in knowing what they think about a show like this because it's on Netflix, right? And mm-hmm. Netflix, almost everybody has Netflix as a streaming service, and so this must be something that as a kid and you're on Netflix you might try to, to, to watch. And if you, uh, depending on your age, your parents might see this and think, whoa, that's, that skews way too, you know, that, that's way too much um, like freedom with, with Christian symbolism and anti-Christ symbolism. So I wonder what is going on in the evangelical circles and whether or not, just like how when Harry Potter started to gain popularity, all um, TBN and their televangelists were just pavements yeah. and being very anti the book series. I wonder if the same thing is happening 
for shows like um, like Sabrina. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. it has. They, they, they um they've had they they are not happy about Sabrina at all. And then of course but when you the know other, none of them have watched it. All they, all they know is they they all they do is see the if they watch it it would actually probably be worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's fair. That just reinforces for them because I mean Brandon will tell you from the first season when we did it Brandon went off when he saw that cloven hoof. <laughs> 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 because Miss Warren was talking about I'm sorry, I'm sorry, your majesty, my lord, I kiss your beautiful feet. And she bent down and she kissed the hoof on the dapple. <laughs> and then and this season in this part of the season, she's 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 shining it. She down there rubbing it and cleaning it off. <laughs> Listen, um, before that, I didn't know what a cloven hoof was. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brandon Kramer came in screaming. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon put on the chat, Clover Hoof. And I was, I was like, you're so goddamn country. <laughs> because this season, this season, not only do they show the Clover Hoof, somebody literally said Clover Hoof. <laughs> So they've been listening to the show. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they have. <laughs> somebody Just literally build yourself up with that knowledge. Said, I, they somebody literally said, I, I, I knew before your cloven hoof, and I was like, you better stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I haven't finished it quite yet, so I don't know. I quite know Miss Wartwell's evil, full evil plan. But I know, like, her plan. Her plan is that. She feels like the devil is trying to use to put Sabrina um to put Sabrina in the place that she wanted to be. It's sort of kind of as his herald on earth. Sabrina yeah. don't want to do it, but Miss Wardrell, but the devil wants her to do it, and Miss Wardrell doesn't want Sabrina to do it. So we'll see what happens as it goes forward. Ali already knows, of course, and he's gonna be really quiet and let me be surprised. Uh, I, I totally am, but I don't know which where you are yet, Brandon, but the show. The show ramps up really nicely. And let's just be, let's also um, put it out there that um, shows like Sabrina, they are meant to be binged, right? I feel like the way they 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 shoot the show, um, I can't stop just at one, like there's a, it's hard to find an episode to really stop and be like, okay, this is a good point where I can pause and then I'll, I'll come back tomorrow. Uh, there are a few episodes like that, but it isn't something that I can just stop on because the cliffhangers, they're, they're, no, they're, they're too much, man. Like, I, I need to know what, what's going on here. So, yeah. Um, I like all the characters so far. There's not a single character that I'm just upset with. Um, I like the fact that they really, really did a good job on, on um, solidifying the friends that... Um, Sabrina has this yes. little circle. I think the circle, you would think that in a show where Sabrina is a witch and she has mortal friends, that the mortal friends would be very less interesting to interact with or to make the focus of certain episodes. But it is not true at all, at least for me. Oh, no, I no. think the giving, that she has are very, yeah. very interesting. They're giving Rosalind and um, Theo, who used to be Susie, she's a trans, well, he's a trans man. And they go through the transition in this part of the season. 
Uh, they're handling those characters very well. Even Harvey gets more to do. And oh, yeah. it's funny because well, I told you guys when we was doing the first review that in the comics, um, Rosalind is basically Sabrina's like rival and like sort of kind of her like almost her arch enemy in the comics because they're fighting over Harvey. And I was like, right. and then part one of the season, I was like, oh, it's so nice. They're good friends. Part two, she's dating fucking Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> and Sabrina feels away about it. I was like, that's how they did it. <laughs> so, I may have a boyfriend, but I don't like that you're with my ex. <laughs> I know, Sabrina, you can't have everything. Or can you? Or can you? We'll find out. <laughs> Chilika Benjamin and Sabrina continue. Um, Aside from that, what else did I watch? Uh, I'm trying. There was other things that I did watch. Um, let me think. Now, let me think before I. Oh, the Goonies! I watched the Goonies, which oh, will tie into on. our review as we um, go on. Um, it was on Blu-ray for like six dollars or something really low, and with in like a three-pack with Gremlins and Gremlins Two. Uh. So, Adam, I'm gonna take you. You don't care for the Goonies that much. No, I don't have a whole lot nice to say. I just it. I didn't see it at a young enough age. Uh, I think is what happened. Same. So I've only ever seen it as an adult, and I was just like, no, this is not for me. And then it was frustrating because you know you have, like, still you'll have relatively young people, at least younger than me, that will like go out and you know yell that they are doing the truffle shuffle. It's it's not that endearing. Like, okay, yeah. I don't have a whole lot nice to say about it. Uh, It gave us Josh Brolin, so that's nice. Yeah, it did. Um, So, thank you, Goonies. (laughs) Thank you for for giving us Thanos. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, other than that, it's just, it's not that different from other 80s adventures. Yeah. And... At the end of the day, I'd rather watch Indiana Jones anyway. Right. Yeah, I, I really like the um the Goonies, like um like Ingram. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like like and also because it's like it's from that 80s era where you could have like uh adventure, like sort of kind of like a PG rated adventure film starring kids where the kids um they do things that kids actually do, like curse and Tell like yeah. dirty jokes. <laughs> yes, it sucks that that era has left. <laughs> like that, adults these days want to pretend that ten-year-olds don't say shit. Yeah, and probably say it in the incorrect way. <laughs> like, so just let them say it in a movie. Yep, and then yeah. let me see if anything else. I tried to watch Abducted in Plain Sight, but I. I bailed out of that one fairly quickly. <laughs> really? I heard that was good. I heard it was, but yeah. I, I didn't realize it was about pedophilia. And I watched it again later, um, but I was sort of kind of, I, was, I think I was doing my taxes and I need I needed something be, to be positive going on. <laughs> so you chose a pedophile abduction. <laughs> cool. Cool. Good choice. I had to jump good out choice. of that. I was like, no, we won't do this. <laughs> that's, one of those, that's one of those situations where you have to turn around and look to yourself and say, Brandon, <laughs> you know that you purposely did this so that you wouldn't do your taxes. <laughs> yeah, I, I needed to get. I did. I, so I put on instead. I put on um, Captain America: The First Avenger. See, that's nice. Yeah, that's and I played easy. that in the background. Good job. Yeah. Um, Good choice. Yeah. 
I like that movie. I know a lot of people don't like that movie, but I I like it. I think the third act is a little Wait, bit. People don't convoluted. like that. Yeah, people. I think it's in part because it's too a it's a period piece, and b it, I guess people still don't like Captain America in and of himself because he's too quote unquote what? earnest or whatever. Oh, uh, they're um, wrong. Yeah, like, but I really enjoyed it, like most of that movie. I really enjoyed, especially like the like the first half of it. I thought that I would not like this movie when it came out, and I watched it and I was like, yeah, I really, really like this movie. Especially the very first part of it is very strong. It's fun, it's charming, it's everything I wanted in a Captain America movie. Right. I was, I was, can I, can I just say two hopefully very quick things about uh, Captain America as a franchise? Yes. Do we have time for this? Okay. Yeah. First of all, they really fucked up with the Red Skull. Like, he needs to be on that level of a Thanos and a Kingpin and... Um, damn it, I can't even think of who else. Oh, or a Doctor Doom, who is probably right. going to be the next big thing in Marvel movies. I really wanted Red Skull to be one of those guys because he's such a fantastic villain. He's so warped and depraved and insidious and in just into everything. And I feel like they really, really dropped the ball. And I don't know if that was their relationship with the actor that played him, but it makes me sad as a comic fan who enjoys all of their movies that it's going to be a long time before they figure out how to write the Red Skull ship. Yeah, I think there might be issues. I know that Hugo Weaving didn't want to come back. He's not in Infinity War when the Red Skull appears. Right. Do we know why? Like, why did he hate that? I'm not even sure. Because, I mean, he was Agent Smith in three Matrix movies. It's like, I don't know. And they kept giving him more and more. This is what I never understood. This is a behind-the-scenes thing I never understood. Like, I haven't heard any stories about Hugo Weaving being difficult to work with. And I haven't heard any stories about specific things that Hugo Weaving had an issue with in the making of Captain America. So what happened? Yeah, um, I have heard that before. In fact, the funny thing is when um, when they had the um, the and uh, uh, not Endgame, sorry, Infinity War, the first part. Right, right. right. I was listening to the reviews and. People were saying, um, some of the reviews were saying, man, they were so happy when they saw Hugo Weaving show up. But then they <laughs> but then um when they did the um when they looked at the credits, that's not actually Hugo Weaving. Right. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. And so they were they were just like, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? <laughs> Why the lies? And, and um, he's a good red skull. Like I don't want somebody else to play red skull. Yeah. So I'm curious too as to what exactly what exactly went on that um, caused him to, you know. I have an answer. So first of all, I just wanted to say it was Ross Marquand, who was the guy who played him in Infinity War. But apparently mm-hmm. they interviewed Hugo Weaving back in 2012 when he was okay. um, on the press circuit for Cloud Atlas, of all things. Um, he basically... Don't tell me he stopped being Red Skull so that he could milk Cloud Atlas. <laughs> don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> He basically, to summarize what he said, I'll quote this part of it. It was good to do it and try it out, but to be honest, it's not the sort of film I seek out and really am excited by. As an actor to do all sorts of different films is great. It stretches you in different ways. But I increasingly like to go back to what I used to always do, 
which is get involved with projects that I really have a personal affiliation with. He also basically said that he was, he did sign a contract and they could force him to do it, but they but they probably won't because it'll look bad for them if he sort of kind of shows me he, you know, phones it in. You know what? Good for him and good for Marvel that mm. neither of them are saying whatever actually happened. Like, that's such a bullshit answer that <laughs> in that interview. Like, how is him being the Red Skull that different from him changing his face a million times in Cloud Atlas versus him being in a sci-fi movie in all three of the Matrixes and playing 85 different versions of himself. No, something went on and he is doing a soldierly thing and not saying what actually happened. He's pretending Marvel's doing the same thing. Somebody said shit about somebody's mama. Something. (laughs) Something. He's he's protecting the bag. He knows knows when to pick a fight. And this is not the time to fight. Yes. He, yeah, 100%. Because, yeah, that's a something happened here, but I'm not going to tell you what. There might even, mm, mm, ooh, what if he had to sign a uh, uh, one of those agreements? Non-disclosure? Yeah, 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 yeah. What if he did something and we don't know it yet? <laughs> Sorry, that's just that's unfair. I shouldn't say that about a person. That's unfair. I shouldn't throw that on him. Okay, because I was wondering if you if you meant something that that will show up in the future and that like yes. yes, but but I have no evidence of what that whatsoever. That's a complete what if. That is, I have no proof. That's one hundred percent alleged. Don't let any lawyers come after me. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> Speculation, speculation only, speculation. Yes, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Thanks, Brandon. (laughs) No problem. All right, Um, Ali. Oh, but sorry, real quick. Sorry, 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 because I said I had two things to say. It was that, and sorry to interrupt, uh, but the second thing is um, we all have an idea that Captain America may or may not die in Endgame. Right. And that's not a spoiler because either way, we all know that he's not going to come back in whatever the next film is. Right. Right. We could all agree on that. So here's the thing, though. That's what they need to do is they need to sign him to another contract and then wait 20 years. And if and when the Marvel stock and Marvel films start dipping, bring him back like in the comics as old Steve Rogers. And then... They can completely reboot everything based around him once again. It's a genius idea. <laughs> Marvel, you can take that and run with it. I guess in a perfect universe, sure. I guess, but I mean, there's. Well, well, I, mean, I guess in twenty years, I guess you can, Disney you can will try. Own all, so yeah, you can try. You can try to, plan it, but but you can try to find out that way. But you know, you never know what could happen. You know, like for all you know, Chris Evans in 20 years might decide, you know what, I'm I'm just done. Like, or I'm in a project right now. There, there might be some other project that'll pop up and Chris Evans will be the star of it and he'll become even more popular than, than what he is now. And then he just won't have the time to even devote to any of that. How, he might be so much, so big of a star that he'd be like, no, no, this, <laughs> no. Is, this is not even worth it. <laughs> how, how dare you, sir? He's coming back. 
He's coming back for that Marvel money, no matter what. If he wants that fan love, he better come back. Yeah. (laughs) That man can do whatever he wants for the rest of his life. He is Captain America, and they're not going to be able to recast that until that man is dead. Well done. Good on you, sir. (laughs) I don't know. I can't imagine anybody else putting on that, that, um, you know, using that shield or... You know, I can't even like he has such an he has such an all American face. <laughs> like, well, I'm, I mean, they'll if they want to like bring him back ever, like as far as like just like young Cap and do like any sorts like that, they'll have to recast him at that point. You know, it'll be like, I mean, like, it'll but be like, again, I bet they wouldn't do that until they do that. you know what they're just they're just gonna de age him. They're gonna use the de aging technology and just de age, and that's all they're gonna do. By that, point, by that, I guess they got the money for it. By but. that, yeah, and by that, point, you want to act like he, Chris Evans, yeah. isn't going to be able to do the stunts in twenty years? Yeah. Please, please, that okay. man, that man grabbed a helicopter with his bare fist. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute, because <laughs> because I mean Tom, I mean Tom Cruise, I mean look at him. He's just he's just well, out here know, being. They don't. Yeah. Neither of them do like all them stunts. You know, like they they aren't allowed what? to. <laughs> they aren't allowed to by the um, yeah, the insurance company. Like yeah, it's Tom if, Cruise. It's basically Tom Cruise going off script and being like, "Fuck all that shit. I'm a man. <laughs> I'm gonna do my stunt. Ow, broke my foot. Six <laughs> pressure shut down for six months <laughs> or six weeks. Six weeks. One six. Tom weeks. Cruise is still trying to trying to prove to everyone. How straight he is, yeah. and that's why he does like, so many of these stunts himself to show. No, 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 no! I'm super masculine, guys. Right, bros? <laughs> I'm like, dude, you don't have to do all that. We already think your movies are awesome. Even yeah, if you, even if your movies weren't like, 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 even if you're, you're, um, you didn't, you didn't do all that in your movies, I would still think you were freaking amazing. But okay, I guess. His movies yeah. have been going through a midlife crisis for like the past 15, 20 years now, though. Like when he didn't win an Oscar for Magnolia, has he done anything other than action since then? Let's look. That, that, is, that sounds like he may not have. <laughs> right? Like that's his career trajectory. He was awesome. And then he decided, okay, now I'm going to be the best thing ever. And the Academy said no. And so then he just said, okay, cool, fuck you. I'll make action movies and make shit tons more money than any of you. So go to hell. Let's see what Mr. Mapather has been doing with his life. Uh, Magnolia, what year, what freaking year was that? Late 90s, early 2000s, somewhere between like 98 and 01. Yeah, I guess. 99. Yeah, see, okay, there you Mission go. Impossible 2, Vanilla Sky, no. Minority Report. Uh, the cameo in Austin Powers, Last Samurai, Colla- Collateral. Collateral's not a action film. What? Well, well it, yes, it, it, it is. is. Yes, it toes it the line. Is. It toes the line. It toes the line. It's Michael Mann. <laughs> he, uh, he convinces people to, that it is going to be an action movie, and then he does some boring Michael Mann shit. Yeah. War of the Worlds, Mission Impossible Three, Lions for Lambs. What the fuck is that? That was the one that was directed by. Oh, no, that wasn't the George Robert Redford. Movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like a World War II espionage movie, I think. Not, not World War II. I think it's was current. It's, it's Afghanistan. Oh, was it? 
Mm. But it's some kind of like backdoor deals, yeah. that kind of movie. He's also not the star. He's the and, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tropic Thunder, Valkyrie, Night and Day, Mission Impossible. Oh. I guess this is like... Have any of you ever seen Valkyrie? No. Don't. That's maybe that's maybe the worst movie that's ever been made. No, even worse than that, Rock of Ages, which I had forgotten he was in. Jesus no. Christ, that movie Valkyrie is, is worse. I have seen both. <laughs> I I promise you, oh, Valkyrie. God. Because Rock of Ages, I, I, I watched it and I was like... <sighs> yeah. Rock of Ages is rough, but Valkyrie is bad. Period. <laughs> it's it. Ooh. Yeah. Most of them have been action movies, you know. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we got there, but that's fine. Yeah. I'm drinking too much. No, it's all good. Ali, have you seen anything else besides um, Sabrina, which we'll talk about in full later on? Um... Mm, just just a bit more of American Gods, which I am going to stop watching very soon because mm-hmm. it is just it's just it's just not interesting anymore to me. Like it's just something. I guess I guess um, like we were talking about this um, before this new season came up um, because at the end of season one of American Gods, you know they had to they basically. Um, overhaul the entire production right the the team right Mm -hmm. and it's like it just doesn't have that spark that thing that made it very unique um it just the 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 first movie the first sorry the first season is kind of like a road move um road uh, plays like a road movie because it's a lot of traveling across the united states basically in search of um, American quote unquote gods, right? right. It's mm-hmm. old. It's the old gods, and they are they are basically um, about to wage war with the the newer, more modern American gods. And so the the idea is that the um, you know the elder god is uh, um, essentially Odin is traveling the United States with um, the Rick, Ricky Whittle's character, and he's trying to. So basically, um, find more um, old gods who have taken refuge in America to sort of um, build his ranks to basically wage a war against the American gods, right? For to to win the to win the popularity, quote unquote, of the people. Because we learn in this season one that the the old gods, their power only lasts as long as people believe in them, and and belief is not so much prayer; it's like it's more than just that it's like it's like an obsession so for example like media is one of the american gods and that's just because not so much that we pray to media but because we use it so much we right. can't imagine our lives without it yeah right? right and so so these these um these characters are are the way it plays out isn't even though like i explained it to be very linear it isn't very linear at all because there's a lot of side plots happening but the way the season one was crafted, it makes things a lot in, in more interesting. And then you feel, um, what do you call that? You feel a sense of cohesion. But mm. the way that people are handling the second season, not really seems like it's a bunch of confusion and just, just, just a lot of weird bullshit just happening just, just because. And there doesn't seem a rhyme or reason for certain things happening. Have you... Have you read the book 
So what I did, I didn't read the book. Um, what I did is I, before the- before My wife the, did, but I have not. Before the season one happened, I went online and I just started scouring all of the information mm. on just what the book is about and all that sort of thing. And I was like, okay, this is an interesting synopsis. Like, okay, I'll watch it. Um, but no. I, I, I guess I ask because, like I said, like I, I haven't, I've read a lot of Neil Gaiman, but for whatever reason, I haven't read that book. But my, my wife read that and she read um, Anansi Boys, which is the follow up. Okay. Uh, it's well, it's like an unofficial follow up. Like it's like this, I don't know because I didn't read either of them. So I don't it really sounds know. like they're going to. It sounds like they're going to focus on the African. Um, yeah. Nancy. Yeah, and I think it takes place in London. I'm not sure. So I think it doesn't even take place in America. But anyway, um, I guess what I'm curious about, and I can't know because I haven't read it, is like how much of the issues with the show are because they decided to deviate from the original text mm-hmm. and how much is just from them not having good people in control of it. Because I thought that Neil Gaiman was like heavily involved with the show, but you are another person that I have heard say that the second season isn't as good. And I can't, it doesn't fit in my mind that he is working on the show and yet it is turning into this thing that doesn't work anymore. Yeah, so I want to, what I want to do is to do some research and find out if he is involved in the second season. Yeah, he is. He yes, is? He definitely okay. is. That doesn't make sense to me. All right. Because he was not involved I, in the first. Okay, so he Wait, was not he wasn't? Not directly. Not as directly as he is now. Okay. What? I'm so... Yeah. How does that happen? <laughs> like, that doesn't awesome. make sense. I, uh, will say, I will say this, though. Um, even though I'm not, I'm not feeling the second season as much... I will say that one of the things that captured me about the very first season was because I really liked to see, I wanted to see the updated version because Neil Gaiman wrote this book um, a while back, right? Mm-hmm. When, yeah. when, when some of the, because some of the American gods, they don't, they don't age well with his book, right? So you have to update everything because the American gods are based off of modern obsessions of man. So things like, so media was probably back then, I think it was just the television. Mm. Um, so it was just the television, but now media is social media. And, you know, stuff, stuff like that. For example, um, there's a god in this yeah. season, he's called Argus. Argus is supposed to be um, sort of like the, uh, what do you call it, men in black? Uh, is that, that, that's a kind of... Um, What's that called? That. Yeah, the, the men in black are like like what like what so people were, hunters. What people were afraid of, like the secret service just showing up in your door, oh. and like like spies and shit like that. But no, instead of that, it's been it's the government. As, it's played <laughs> as yeah, it's played as surveillance. That's what it is. So you know how everything is you. on the thing is on the surveillance cameras everywhere, CTs, um, TV, and all that sort of thing. That's what it is. No, and I I have to admit that. What I really liked about um, American Gods, at least this TV adaptation, is that I really wanted to see what kind of interesting new um, takes on Neil Gaiman's um, American Gods that they were going to do. And so I, I like it so far for those reasons. Um, it's just that the overall uh, story, it's not as... Hmm. 
it's not as interesting to me. That that's that's all how I see it. But I'm interested to to hear. I would like to go online too and also find out what other people are saying because I would I would like to see if people if a lot of people are saying that or is it just is it just me and just my own thing? Like hey, I just no. Yeah. no without watching it. All of the reporting that I have seen has been about how the second season fall apart, has fallen apart, and how they don't have showrunners and like they maybe now have a showrunner, but they were in between and there was like three or four of them. So it sounds like there's like a bunch. I, I don't think that you not liking it is going to be outside of the norm. Hmm. Yeah. It sounds well, like they really shit the bed. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. They they really have uh they have a they have a good star power on the show at least. Yeah. That's it. They, they that those aren't just those aren't just regular old actors and actresses they just you know picked up from the street. <laughs> these are really good um so far. These are really good. It's just that you know the plot uh tighten that shit up. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um but uh, but uh, besides that and and uh Killing Adventures of Sabrina which I finished um, no, I haven't seen anything else uh, that I think find particularly interesting enough to really comment on. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's fine. Adam, anything else besides the stuff we've already mentioned that you've sort of kind of been watching? Um, no, I am about to start reading. Uh, I do want to shout this out. I am about to start reading this book called Showa. Uh, by Shigeru Mizuki. Um, And he is a guy that like basically is one of the inventors of manga. He invented like a um, zombie boy character when he was, uh, that's one of his earliest things. And that was kind of one of the first manga things to take off. And I read that and that was kind of okay. Um, But he also does... um, historical writing. He was in World War II and he lost one of his arms in combat in World War II and then became a famous comics writer after that, writing with his wrong hand. So he lost an arm in the war and then still got famous with his writing and drawing. Um, Yeah, but so I read this book of his called Onwards Toward Our Noble Deaths. And it was um, a graphic novel that he wrote, pardon me, that is about, uh, it's, he's like a Japanese Vonnegut, but in graphic novel form. It was really, really cool. And so uh, he he has a four-series very thick Vore series uh, issue called Showa, A History of Japan. And I have just checked out from the library, uh, 1926 to 1939. And so I'm really looking forward to that because hmm. his other work is incredible. Um, and so I'm hoping that that's awesome. But other than that, the only thing that I've been watching is uh, on Netflix, The Great Interior Design Show. So unless anybody wants to talk about that with me, I haven't been watching that much of interest. That's hilarious because you mentioned that and I and I started watching um Great Homes of the World or something like that. It, like the, the most the world's extraordinary homes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Started watching that too. Tell me if you agree with this. 
everything looks super cool on the inside, but everything looks terrible from the outside. Um, so I think, so I sort of agree with you on that. I think the idea is that it's supposed to look unassuming <laughs> on the outside. I did some research. So I looked up the architect and all of his stuff is super boring from the outside. And <laughs> I realized like, oh, of course, that's why that's all he's interested in on the show. Have you seen the India episode? I have not. The India episode, all of those houses are amazing. Like the, if you watch the India episode, that is what I wanted to see from this series. They look incredible from the outside and from the inside. There'll be a house and it's like seven different parts that are then connected by walkways that have different kinds of plants growing from each one and man-made waterfalls. Oh, incredible. That's that's freaking awesome because um, what I think they should do, it makes me want to travel more. And the thing what I I think they should do is they they should make a series called um, Best Airbnbs Around the World. Wow. I have you noticed? Good watch. <laughs> have you noticed though? On this show, a lot of them are not private residences. Yeah, like, ex- that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, people don't live here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot make- of it is just an Airbnb ad. Yeah. So just do I- that. Make that shit into an Airbnb. When I see this show on Netflix, all I can think of is when. Facebook, quote unquote, accidentally gives me an advertisement that says like, 12 people can rent this estate for $5 a night. You know what I mean? Like they, they show you those advertisements and it'll be this enormous house. And it'll say, you know, for 12 people, it's only 20 or $30 a night. And then you have to say no, because obviously, yeah. I'm not going to do that. I don't know 12 or 13 people that I'm going to go vacation with. <laughs> exactly. like, I'm good exactly. but yeah I noticed that on that show they are they're basically all future hotels mm. interesting they're amazing on the inside ugly on the outside <laughs> they they're very assuming like and to be completely honest I probably would do that if I if I had all the money in the world I would do the same thing I would make it I... so that it looks like a cave yeah. On the outside, and then you 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 go through the doors, and then you go down down an elevator, and then yeah. boom, it opens up, and it's just like, oh, <laughs> it just that's what I want. Did you see the one where like one person's entire wall was the side of a tree, or no? It was it was it was it was just like a rock face. What is it? Like that song. That song. Mind you, I've watched this. This was like last year when I started watching. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> sorry then. I think it was like Sweden or something. And it was, like a wall was cut into a rock face. And oh my God, it looked amazing. I am very fascinated by the ones where you look, you're in the house and you're looking at something and it looks, it looks rather just again, unassuming. And then the person slides a panel or presses a button. And then it, it's like a Scooby-Doo house, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, trap doors yeah. and shit. Or you said, you said push a button. So like you push a button and, and like, like the bookcase slide apart. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> and then outside of that is the expanse of wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. where you eat. That's your dining room. Oh, no. Right. 
just crazy. Like, or like, uh, just have a, like a giant. So like you have like a big wall of a bookcase and you just pull a book and the, the bookcase slides <laughs> and you go through and it's a secret lair or some, or like people, the people who. No one has had a secret lair yet. What are you doing? Television programming. Like, yeah. Give just, me a secret lair. Do that shit. Or the other people who have like their bedroom is essentially a giant veranda. Like, right. like, do that. Like, I want to sleep. And when I wake up and I look up in the sky, it, I see the sky. <laughs> can, I, can I do a humble brag? <laughs> Go ahead. I got to do that once. Oh, nice. <laughs> my, my, uh, my aunt uh, runs like a Save the Rhinos Foundation. So she's practically a goddess to like all of these uh, wildlife preservations around the world. And so at one point in time, I got to go and stay in one of them. And it was only a two-wall room. Wow. And the third and fourth rooms were just looking out into the wilderness, like including the bathroom, which I thought I was going to be uncomfortable with. But then as I was sitting down to use the bathroom and just staring onto a mountain, I was like, yes, it is good to be here. Yes, this it's is a good thing. It's the equivalent of reading a magazine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Let's go ahead on to the news. Yeah. Not not a lot, oddly, has happened in the news, like like news stuff, like um. I mean, there's updates to things that have already been happening. Um, City of Chicago is suing um, Jesse for that $130,000, which is now $330,000. Um, good luck getting that from him. Um, he going to have to ask Journey for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the WGA and the, um, the what do you call them, the eighth... Um, is the ATA who controls the agency. Basically, Hollywood writers and Hollywood agents have been fighting for the last couple of months because agencies have been for years now doing this thing called packaging, where they predetermine how much a writer will get, um, will get paid for creating a show or, like, putting together, like, a movie deal or whatever. Like, and it stays sort of kind of keep... It keeps the cost for the studio down, but keeps writers' salaries down as well. It keeps them from getting, like, what they feel... What they are deserved of like as far as like the profits of these things and so they've been fighting um for a new negotiation for the last couple of um weeks and they just they are extending the um what do you call it the um the um the negotiations even further the i forget what ata stands for yeah i know wj is writers of america i think it's american talent agency yes it is yeah i think um something like that i mean just to google it right quick uh there's too many ATAs. It's not God, but basically, uh, it might end up becoming. Uh, I I'll wait to see what the outcome of this is because I also need to read a whole lot more into it because it's something that the writers truly deserve. But it's also one of those things where the studios might get yeah. like antsy about. Well, now it's so expensive to make things. We have to make even less things. You know, everything has to be a tentpole now. Uh, Association of talent agents is what it is. 
Oh, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see I had talent, goes. right? Yep. <laughs> uh, let's talk about... Um, so, on Wednesday, uh, Warner Brothers put out a the first trailer of their uh, prestige October release, uh, Joker, starring Joaquin Phoenix and directed by <laughs> uh, Todd Phillips. Uh, so, they were talking about this for a while, and I think this thing has some people confused. So, like... Basically, what they're trying to do is make a the same way that Fox made Logan, where it was made more for like as like a, a standalone, even though it's connected to like obviously to the X Men story they've been telling in the movies right. over there. It's more considered a standalone thing that they made to sort of kind of get critical acclaim and awards and stuff. It didn't quite work awards wise. The only nomination they got in the Oscars was for best screenplay because they didn't get they didn't get nominated for best picture. I forget if they did or not. I don't think. But they did. It- but at the end of the day, quiet is kept. Marvel is going to miss having that kind of thing be able to happen. Hmm. I think they'll find a way, like, possibly. They never would have made that Logan yeah, they with the way that they have it shaped up. And we got to get that movie. And it wasn't Old Man Logan, but it was still an awesome movie. Yeah. There's no way they would have made that. If it wasn't a separate studio, yeah, it was. Yeah, they're gonna miss that. They're gonna miss that. Yeah, it was only for yeah best adapted screenplay, only nomination and got. So, but so Warner Brothers is trying this with Joker, which so this Joker movie starring Joaquin Phoenix is set in, in the early '80s. Basically, it's only gonna be about the Joker. There's no Batman. It's in Gotham City. Bruce Wayne is a is a child in it. He's actually nope. in the trailer really quickly. And Thomas Wayne is sort of kind of the Joker's main. Nemesis, more or less, in this story. It's more or less about an exploration of what happens to somebody as they descend further and further to mental illness. And it's sort of kind of going from that angle. I think really what it is is that uh, when Heath Ledger, you know, posthumously won that Oscar for playing the Joker in The Dark Knight, I think they've, they've been thinking for years, how can we get somebody else to win an Oscar for playing the Joker or for playing a similar character? <laughs> and so that's... That's got to be it. Yeah. And Martin Scorsese... <laughs> I was trying to figure out the motivation. Yeah. And Martin... That's it. Yeah. Martin Scorsese pitched this movie to them. He, Why? That's... Oh. Oh. <laughs> and... I find so much about this movie frustrating. And Warner <laughs> Brothers is notorious for bending over backwards for all tours. That's how we got... Um, uh, <laughs> running their um, DC movies for a while there because <laughs> Zack Snyder was an auteur. They love auteurs over there and they they will give you love like it. everything <laughs> until until you fuck up in their eyes and then they try to take everything back and it turns to a clusterfuck, which is what happened. <laughs> um, so, but with this, in this case, they're only giving out one movie. Uh, Scorsese's not producing it anymore, but one of his production partners is, I forget, let me try to get her name What does right that quick. even mean? What? What part? Uh, keep going. Keep, you you just keep going. I'll be confused in silence. Uh, what is her name? Her name is Emma Tillinger Koskoff. Yes. Uh, yeah, she's um she's produced uh, with um, Scorsese, The Wolf of Wall Street, and okay. Well, she's worked there since two thousand and three. So everything that. He's made since then, which will be like Hugo and things like that. She's worked on in some Uh-oh. capacity either as assistant producer, associate producer, or executive producer. And she's producing uh, Joker. So the trailer, it looks like it looks like it looks 
okay, but my thing's this. I don't trust Todd Phillips as a director. Right? Um, Especially after Peter Farrelly just did good for Green Book. Or not did good, but won well. He won the Oscar for Green Book. A right. movie that... Mm. Exactly. <laughs> mm. but yes, like, and so like, mm, yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm struggling to put faith in Todd Phillips, who is a good director. Like, no insult to Todd Phillips. I think he is a good director. Like, I have to see if he can pull this off. Uh, Right? Yeah. Yeah, That's where I, yeah. Um, Because it could go either way, to be quite frank. Uh, I think the fact that it's not connected to anything really, I guess, is a benefit to it. But I I don't know if it's being conveyed to the general audience in that way. Yeah. Here's what makes me nervous. Or another thing that makes me nervous, since I am nervous about Todd Phillips helming this project. Um, But another thing that makes me nervous is that the teaser trailer and then the actual trailer seem to have been for two different movies. Well, I think you might have seen somebody who made a, a concept thing on their own. There's only been one trailer the studios put out. Then what did I see? Because there was a thing where, like, and it was because bef- this 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 most recent trailer only dropped recently, right? Right. Okay, so I had seen. What did I see before then? A fan made thing was what you probably but saw. What you saw? How did they have the footage then? They because uh, they made it look like they made it look like the backstory for uh, the Joker that is given in what's the one where he shoots uh, the killing joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like they were just making a film version of his backstory in The Killing Joke. Yeah. My understanding is they use footage from other Joaquin Phoenix movies, like ones that are less related oh, to the oh, audience, oh. and just, you know, cut them together. Maybe you clever dialogue. Yeah, because the one with the um, the uh, Jimmy Durante song is the only trailer Warner Brothers has released. Okay. Itself. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, uh, I'm still not entirely convinced, but okay. Yeah, we'll see. Ali, how do you feel about it? Um, I just... I, <laughs> something about the look of this movie, man, it started playing all, and I was just like, oh, I'd watch the shit out of this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, <laughs> are you kidding me, right? First of all, it's Walking Phoenix. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm going to watch a yes. Walking Phoenix movie. So let me just put that out there for you. Okay? He is great. I, yeah, so the, the one of the so I think an early smart move was to get him um, on this movie. So that way, doesn't matter if you're a comic book fan or not, you you're interested in at least you know just watching him do his thing. Um, I think um, because also I'm not someone who is steeped in comic book lore. Um, I'm curious as to just this version of an origin story for the Joker. I heard that there are uh, quite uh, there's several of them, um, depending on who's writing Joker. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah. this version right here, um, I'm interested to see what what what's that all about. I like period pieces too, and I think um, the things that they're giving Walking Phoenix to do in this movie. Um, it just feels very, it feels very fresh. Um, he could very well turn out to be um, that kind of um, that version, another version of of Joker that that fans will fondly look back on and be like, "Man, 
that that actor really did a really good job on this. Um, yeah, that's that's fair. But I feel like the Joker is so beloved that no matter who plays him, somebody is going to say that that's the best Joker ever. And a big group of people are going to say that's the best Joker ever. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but can we, yeah, can I, are we going to say that about, so who's said that about Jared Leto's own? I mean, there are, <laughs> listen, you and I don't have to agree with it. There are people that think Jared Leto is the best Joker. It doesn't matter how wrong you and but I was there, But was there a large group, like you said, of people who would say that? I mean, definitely not as large as a Heath Ledger or as a Jack Nicholson or as... Cesar Romero. Mark Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, or Cesar Romero. No, I bet at this point, I, I guarantee you, at this point in time in history, there are more. There are people that rank Jared Leto over Cesar Romero. Those people are crazy. Um, you heard it here first. But no, yeah, I know. But that show was 50 years ago, man. I know, people but still. Are, people are going to rate Jared Leto. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just... All I'm saying is... I got you. I, I know. I understand. I understand. My my youth and my sensibility will not permit me <laughs> to accept to accept this that version. I am I am I think like Brandon will 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 say a lot. I am I am just far too I am far too young apparently to accept that. <laughs> we were talking about that before the show started. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm too much of a whippersnapper to care for that. <laughs> That kind of comedy is just not. <laughs> I'm not into. It. <laughs> um, give me, give me crazy chaos, watching the world burn. Give me that Joker. Give me, give me, yeah. give me that kind of guy. That, that one. And the funny thing is, like, they're going. They, they don't seem to be even pull, um, pulling any punches in this. No, from, definitely not. Like this trailer looks like they're they're going to show you just what happens. And the funny thing is, um. I've, I watched trailer reactions to this from a couple of people online and somebody said something that I think is, is really cool. So, um, you know, you guys with the um, vast comic book knowledge, um, please help me out with this. Mm -hmm. So um, when, they, uh, when they did the killing joke and it was based off of um, this, some, I'm paraphrasing the quote where someone says that, hey, you know, a, a bad day can turn into can turn somebody into you know uh, the polar opposite of what right. you thought that they were before, right? I think this is a really and somebody was saying that um, on the trailer. This is this is an example of this quote unquote bad day, which will turn yeah. into bad days, which will turn into you know something else. And they're saying that's what happens when you do this to somebody. And then another person interjected that reaction and said, actually. This is actually just one side of the of the coin because a bad day could also be a stroke of um you know uh, uh, something that'll that'll force somebody to make good decisions. So it doesn't always have to be. It doesn't always have to be. Oh, you know, I'm having a I have a bad day. I, I'm having a really trashy life, and so now everybody, so now everyone's gonna feel my wrath. It could be right. someone decides. You know what? I'm going to make a valiant effort to actually change for the better. I'm going to make that make me stronger. And then I'm going to turn around and try to do something that's worthwhile and positive. Right? So, so are you saying that you think that this film is going to be about 
both the making of the Joker and the making of the Batman? Um, I don't think so, because I feel like as if, well, I mean, unless if they're going to make the end of the show, some, sorry, the end of the movie be some kind of, the events of the movie are going to somehow lead up to the the Waynes going into that into that alleyway and getting shot. I don't know. I that's what happens. I would assume that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, this I, is really only like kind of movie canon. Yeah, that's that's Jack Nicholson's Joker who did that. Yeah. And people okay. when that came out hated that it was the Joker that did it. And, mm. But well, in, in any case, in any case, I think it's interesting to explore that possibility that a bad day could, in fact, you know, turn somebody into yeah. um, a personality like the Joker. But it could also um, make somebody resolve to seek justice and, you know, sort of try to grow up to be someone who um, just puts all their effort into just... Um, you know, reading the streets of of crime and, and whatever, at, at, but at yeah. the at the at the cost, well, at that's the interesting. Cost of their at the cost of their humanity, it will strip you yeah. of some of your humanity. But both of them are doing two completely different things. Yeah, I just I feel like I like what you are saying, but I feel like for me, where where, where my fear comes from is I feel like I'm seeing them then use already popular characters in order to tell the stories that they would have told otherwise. I guess what I mean is like, okay, like this movie is called The Joker, right? And Todd Phillips is directing it, which means that the only way that this dark character study film could have been made is for them to connect it to comic books because comics are so popular in film right now. And I think that that is what worries me about this project is, is this a cultural tipping point where now with this movie and with things after it, we see filmmakers try to tell the stories that they've always wanted to tell, but just throwing in some morsel of actually from comic books in order to get people in the seats. In which case, I don't want it. I unfortunately think that Hmm. that will happen a lot more than it won't going forward. As, you know, less, fewer and fewer movies get made. Yeah. There'll be more things like this. So it's like, let's make a movie... Where um, I'm sort of, sort of um, analyzing or exploring this kind of subject matter. Yes, but we're, we're going to slap a popular um, reference onto it so that we it'll yes. Get yes, and we always wanted you to watch this kind of movie, but you never did it. But now we have learned that all we have to say is take this exact story that got thrown away five years ago, slap the names Joker and Batman on it, and now y'all watch it. Yeah, just attach it to popular... um, popular Right. That's what makes me nervous. I see. Yeah. Because, like, the Joker doesn't really have a backstory because he has so many backstories. Yeah, like, Like the whole point of the Joker is that nobody knows who he actually actually came from. Yeah, like, we know everything about Bruce Wayne, 
but we know nothing about the Joker. And that's the point. And he's a liar. So of course, like I could see them making this Joker movie every three to five years with a new person who wants to win an Oscar because they have learned, you know, like in the past, it used to be, okay, play somebody that's mentally uh, handicapped and you'll win an Oscar. And now in the future, there comes the possibility of play the Joker, you'll win an Oscar. And it doesn't matter what the Joker is, you can do whatever you want with him, but because you're playing the Joker, everyone will say, look at that good actor. Heath Ledger did it. Joaquin Phoenix did it. Who's going to be the next Joker? Uh, We'll see. That's what brings me fear about it. Yeah, I don't really think we have any other news at all. Um, Yeah, I I think after after the Joker trailer, like, I I don't know, is this, does this typically happen every year? Like, around this time, it's just kind of like... We're coming up on summer. Um... Because I feel like as if they should be, I feel like as if studios should be should be really um, working hard at advertising all of their their new stuff coming up for the summer. Well, so what's going on? Every, Why is it dry? Everything in the summer is like franchise stuff. I mean, we no. know, that's the other news thing we could, we can do right quick. Like everything else that's coming out is pre sold. Like, and it's weird because on TV, Game of Thrones is about to come back for its final season. So yeah. that's going to be air. Um, <laughs> I'm ready. And then you got, you know, in the at Mars movies ago, of course, you know, everybody's sort of kind of afraid of Endgame. Like nothing, like nothing big comes yeah. out the week before or the week after Endgame. Nothing that could possibly compare Nobody's to the trying in the um, theater. Uh, Good. So we don't have like um, a week to itself. But then you get slapped with Detective Pikachu on the 10th of May. Uh, I'm hoping that's good for Justice Smith's sake because me um, too. That 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 boy needs a win. <laughs> Does he have bills that he needs to pay immediately? I uh, probably. <laughs> I just I I've never been into the Pokemon. I don't like the way that looks. Uh oh. You, you have a, you, you have you have company on this podcast uh, because I'm Ali. Ali, you're with me on this. Oh, good. I keep telling Brandon, I keep telling Brandon that it is for me, for me, uh, for me who who has been, it's not, it's not I don't like it because I don't think it's an accurate representation. I don't like it because I don't really, um, like is a strong, not liking C is a strong word. <laughs> not it's like me. is a strong word. Yeah. <laughs> what's really going on is it, it creeps me out. Like, that's what's happening. It's creepy to see this sort of near realistic oh, version yeah. of Pokemon in real life. Because in my mind, whenever I've played the games or watched the cartoon, I just imagine them to stay in their world. I've never once like said, you know what? Like I really want someone to do a live action version of this because I thought I always thought it would look creepy. And lo and behold, yeah. here's this trailer, and it is creepy. It's well, just- okay. So I I think that the I think that the live action quote unquote the CGI Pokemon I think they all look good I think they blend in to the trailer well I'm 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 okay with all of that but I'm definitely with you something about this movie sits creepy with me and I can't put my finger on it but something ain't right 
We'll, 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 we'll see. We'll see. Folks, uh, folks, so folks, I hope, that, I hope for Jesse Smollett's sake that it does do not, well. Not Jesse Smollett, not, Justice Smith. No, the no, other no, Jesse Smollett. <laughs> like I said earlier, I've been drinking. <laughs> I get a pass. <laughs> yeah, definitely not, not, not Smollett. We don't want any. Uh, we don't want any Smollett's near Pokemon property. Hey, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. No, the detective <laughs> wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, <laughs> if we couldn't have a detective, he would say both sides are right. <laughs> <laughs> but but I am I I will I will watch the movie because I would like to see what Justice because I have never seen I know Justice Smith is in things, but I've never actually <laughs> wow watched what? like That's I, the I have harshest to... insult you could throw at someone. Well, because well, I know he is in things. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was in the Get Down, and the Get Down didn't do well. He was in uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World too, and he got nominated for a Razzie for playing the screaming boy in the bubble. Um, <laughs> and so that reminds me of that, the the complaint for that reminds me of how people were complaining that that um that Finn was always sweaty in the first, in the first movie. In the Star Wars movie. <laughs> so if this doesn't work, they might he might get like Taylor Taylor um what's the what's the what's the boy who was in um. Uh, not Lautner. Taylor what? Lautner. What's the boy who was in? Kitchen. Uh, crap. What's the name? Uh, no, John Carter of Mars. The, that yeah, yeah Taylor, Taylor Kitch. Kitchen. Yeah, Taylor Kitchen. Yeah, like him. Yeah, you might get Taylor Kitched. Uh, what else? Oh, what else? Mean, what you saying like as if you get banned? Is that what? Pretty what? much. Uh, wow. What else I mean, out? like, what else is he known for before this? Like, this is gonna be his big break, or not? Right. I mean, the get down. He was the lead in the get down. Yeah, but I mean, that was supposed you to be already said. Yeah, supposed to be. Supposed to be. I feel like, like but it was the get down, right? So it was right. the get down. I guess then. I guess all right, fine. But anyways, I I would like to see what what he does with this material because it all depends on the directing and and whatnot. Um, Detective Pikachu is based off of a video game. A specific video game of the same title, right. and I have not researched that video game at all. In fact, I don't want to because I don't want to get spoiled for what might happen in the movie. Right. So I'll just, just go and I'll just list blank. the other things that are coming out in like May and June. Just give me really quick, like pass or fails if you're interested. Uh, okay. A dog's journey. Yeah. Fail. Fail. John Wick Chapter Three. Pass. Uh, the Sun is also a star, starring Yara Shahidi and Charles Melson from Riverdale. I'll check what? that out. It's a it's a it's a teenage romantic com like not romantic drama about about like I think one of them is about to die or something. No, failed in. Wait, failed. it's not a comedy. No, it's not a comedy. No, no interest. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, moving into the end of May. Oh Lord, Aladdin on the twenty fourth of May. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna watch that because I want to hear Brandon moan in the theater whenever that that boy opens his mouth to, to sing. sing. He's <laughs> so upset. I'm He's gonna upset. be real mad. I'm very. He's upset. gonna be real mad. How do you? How do you? Tra- I mean, we've talked about it on the show before, but basically, how do you traverse the globe and find somebody to play a lad who can't sing? How do you? Do it that? doesn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, you only but, have you only have whoa. the entirety of this earth. <laughs> uh, bright yeah. burn. I would watch that because I want to see because people it's it's kind of like it's kind of like alternate Superman, right? Yeah. If Superman came to Earth and he was like he was an evil kid. He was a bad, bad, bad boy. Yeah. 
Uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Very uh, in. Very in. I am so here I, for all of it. So I'm never. I was never a fan of of monsters or or aliens or any kind of creature monster um, movie. So I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that up to you guys. <laughs> I am super in. Uh, Ma, which is Octavia Spencer, where she's uh, oh, she's killing all teenagers. Listen, <laughs> listen. In. If there's anything but in, like in terms of the in terms of the that, I would seriously question what you what you're listening to this. Yeah, this like, yeah, yeah. What are you if you're here? not in, you haven't seen the trailer. That's you can't sit theory. with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Rock- he's taken. Yeah, he's taken. <laughs> Rocket Man, which is the Elton John musical biopic. Oh, I feel bad for that movie. Yeah, it, it comes out in the same day as Godzilla and Mom, which is, you know. No, 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 no. I feel bad that it came out after Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. Because it's probably going to be better. And Taron Egerton is probably going to do a better job. He's doing all of the actual singing. Yeah. And it's going to get shit on and it'll probably be better. I feel bad for that movie. Uh, hopefully, I, I hope it, I hope it. Do you feel like they'll, they'll feel like it's a copy of Bohemian Rhapsody? Is that what yes. you think? Yeah. Yes. I can see that. Is that like, there's no way that it can come out and get the same amount of love. Well, this one. As if the releases were reversed. Well, the thing is, Rocketman is also, it's a, it's a musical, um, it's a movie musical as far as like people sing to each other in context of the film as well. Oh, really? I thought it was, uh, well, I knew that that was going to happen, but I thought that was kind of going to be like a Ray walk the line type of no, thing. It's, where it's, it was like, wink, wink, this song is really about that scene we just showed you. From my understanding is that it's sort of kind of like closer to like a dream girl sort of a thing or like a like like Wait, a movie really? score, like a singing in the rain basically sort of a thing. Just it's telling Elton John's life story. That's pretty but, those are pretty different things. Yeah, but people are like singing to each other as far as like, I'm Elton John, I'm gonna go be famous, or you know, however the song. Well, they're gonna <laughs> let him they're gonna let him be gay in this movie, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yes, yes. Okay, yes. good. <laughs> good, good, good. good. Um, well, just because I know that, like, that's another thing. And so, like, Bohemian Rhapsody didn't, wasn't the movie that Sasha Baron Cohen wanted to make. Right. And that's always going to be a knock against it to me. So I feel bad that this movie, which looks like it has more credentials, is going to not do as well as that movie. Right. Like, how do you feel if you're Taron Egerton and you got that part and you were singing your own parts and then you had to watch Rami Malek win Best Actor and you had to say to yourself, like, fuck, I'm going to sell this movie for a year and they're not going to give me shit for it. That would, that would be fucked up. <laughs> he's he's got to feel bad. Hmm, I didn't think Bohemian Rhapsody was not very good, y'all. He won the Oscar still. He won the Oscar. It wasn't that good. Hopefully what are that, you gonna do? Hey, hopefully it doesn't befall him. Uh, June, uh, Dark Phoenix, <laughs> still undecided. <laughs> a Walt Disney production now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, I, yeah, I, let, I, me, let me leave, let me leave Sophie Turner alone. Yeah, yeah let's, let, let, let's let her live. Uh, Secret Life I of love Pets. My Sophie Turner. Yeah, Secret Life of Pets 2, which I'm not, I didn't like part one myself, so I'm not really interested in part two. Never saw it. But no. Brandon, this time, but this time they 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 gave they they're giving your boy a bigger part. Which boy? 
your boy who who kept on who your boy who was the reason why there was no host for the Oscars. Oh, I'm over it. <laughs> uh, he called you. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. Yeah. Now they're giving him a bigger part. Now he's now his character has something more to do in this movie. <laughs> Put on a superhero outfit and. Yeah, sure. Okay. And, yeah. and no, no, he can tap dance all over this movie. Wow, wow, Ooh. wow. Let's move forward. Uh, <laughs> Men in Black International. And it wasn't my voice that said it. <laughs> Men in Black International. Uh, I'm going to pass. That's going to be a fail for me. Mm. I don't like what's going on. I, you know, something ain't right. Something ain't right. For me, it's just I don't have a horse in this race. I'm I don't care about aliens. So. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Shaft. Oh, this is the one of the three of them. Yes. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna see it, but it's gonna Shaft. be a pass. <laughs> Shaft <laughs> with an S. It, yeah. it was supposed to be called Son of Shaft, but I guess somebody in the marketing department thought that it that was gonna be too far. So Let's yeah, just it's, all it's, thank God that they didn't name it Shafts with a Z. You know somebody probably pitched that. They were just like, we're going to call it Shafts. Yeah, I was like, you're fired. Yeah. Dog on it, Richard. We're not calling it fucking Shafts. Change his parking number. <laughs> like, you know, listen, listen, wow, yeah. So, I knew that was gonna happen. Somebody's gonna pitch shafts or or make some kind of ridiculous pun, like, like shaft colon, it's too big. Or something. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. Um, all right, uh, child, child's play the remake with Brian Tyree Henry and Audrey Plaza. Yeah, I'm in, and Mark Hamill is the voice of Chucky. Yeah, I'm in. He's just going to do the Joker voice, right? <laughs> like, that's all he's going to do, right? Probably. That so, comes, I'm in. That comes out the same day as Toy Story 4. Oh, 100% in. Oh, we, oh isn't that, isn't that cruel? <laughs> that, is, that is... I hope so, the people that made Child's Play did that on purpose. That is so funny. You walk out of a, you walk out of a movie about the wholesomeness of of, of toys, and then you walk into a toy that wants to murder you. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. you watch one at 4.30 in the afternoon. And, and then you watch the other one at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then the last week in June, um, Annabelle comes home, which is Annabelle. <laughs> Never three. seen any of them. I'm fine. Speaking of toys that, that want to hurt you. And Yesterday, which is a movie where um, a dude wakes up in a world where nobody remembers the Beatles but him, so he records all their songs and becomes famous. Wow, what? You haven't seen this trailer, Holly? I have not seen this trailer. It's a good trailer. It's, it's very high concept. Yeah. Basically, like, it's a dude, yeah. like, it's an Indian dude who lives, I think he lives in London. And he, like, yeah, he has, does. A, he has Or a at least in England. Yeah, he has a bicycle accident. He And he wakes up and he's in a world where the Beatles never existed. So he decides, he remembers all of their songs. And so he mm-hmm. himself records them and becomes famous. Oh, and a woman my. is in love with him. Yeah, because he's a good, he, she thinks he's a great writer. No, no, no. She what? was in love with him before, and he never realized it. Oh. And then, wink, wink, that's what the movie's actually going to be about. Because she's the one that gave him the guitar. Ah. So she, 
Listen, I guess all I'm saying is it feels like it's super high concept, but it also feels like it's really low concept. And that's why I'm still uneven as to whether or not this will turn out well. Yeah, I do. But Kate McKinnon's in it. Yeah. And she's great. I do appreciate that they have a, a poster that's very like 1980s with like the whole like um, like the, the, the big summary on it. Like it's like uh, yeah. yesterday, everyone knew the Beatles. Today, only Jack yeah. remembers their songs. He's about to become a very big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the poster is just him on Abbey Road crossing the street by himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody put up, frame that. And, 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 and so when you have visitors, you were like, um, you're missing a couple of them. No, no, no. That's the movie. But again, that's why I'm nervous. Because Danny Boyle can be both the most, like, this is the next thing that's coming director. And he can also be the most three steps behind director. And you never know what you're going to get with each one of his movies. Right. So, like, until it actually comes out, that's one where... Where nobody knows what's going to happen. Yeah. it. I don't know. It's weird to me. All right. Let's go ahead. I'm hopeful but nervous. Yeah. And this concludes the news and review section of our episode this week. You can find our... Review for Shazam as the next download in your feed coming in a day or two. Thanks so much for listening. You can find, and thanks so much for our guest, Duval Spit, aka Adam, for joining us. You can find his album, Holy Ghost, on CD Baby. You can find the Say Something Nice podcast at SMPodcast.com. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else podcasts can be found. And you can find us across all social media under the handle at SSN Podcast. This has been the Say Something Nice Podcast. I am Brandon. And this is Ali. And we will see you guys next time. Sorry about that, y'all. I was just, uh, Brandon just um, stepped up for just a second. I was just reading oh, thank um, God. the synopsis of uh, Showa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, I didn't realize that the, so, so Showa, if I didn't realize that the Showa, Showa, the name refers to the period in Japanese history. Oh, is that uh, where it comes from? Yeah. It's <laughs> the, well, That's it's, how much it's, background knowledge I had. <laughs> yeah. It says it refers to the period of Japanese history corresponding to the reign of Emperor Showa. Um, and mm. he, reigned, he reigned from December 25th, 1926 until his death on January 7th, 1989. Yes, but um, that's interesting that he did that because um, I know that like uh, Emperor Hirohito was the leader during World War II and stuff. So I wonder, because I again, I don't know enough about this book. I wonder when Mizuki stopped writing this. Yeah. Because um, if you're looking at it right now, it goes up to what, like 1954, something like that? Okay, so that's, so, the, the, so you're saying the actual story 
is the actual story itself. It, uh, it's looking at... As uh, far as I know, this is like basically uh, historical fiction. Like basically everything in this should be accurate. I actually just turned to a random page and there's literally a photograph of a woman in these pages. Okay. This yeah, art so is the, really great though. If so you're, you're saying that the first book is 1926 to 1939. Yeah, and that's the one that I just got from the library. Well, I mean, that is, well, I mean, that is, you know, that is. Um, right, right. But what I'm saying is. Um, uh, right, right. But what I'm saying is I know that another emperor took over at some point um, because a different emperor was in charge of Japan uh, during World War II, or at least was like the next guy coming up and was actually in control from behind. I don't know. Hirohito. I was about to buy a book about him too, but then I ended up not because I'm broke and need money. And by the way, everybody listening, buy my album, Holy Ghost on CD Baby. <laughs> Pay my bills. <laughs> so um, it's interesting. So if, if it's saying that the Showa period is the reign of Hirohito from 1926 to 1989, his death. So, and you're saying that you believe that another emperor oh i'm sorry did you say that showa is what you call the era led by hirohito yeah so emperor so oh emperor okay Shua that was the only Hirohito. part that i didn't understand then yeah i emperor thought you were Shua. saying showa was the name of the emperor and i was like "Ooh, another guy came along so i don't understand that well okay. no emperor emperor Shua, thing, emperor showa is hirohito oh really oh yeah, is Hirohito. So it's the Showa, oh, it's the Showa period. My so bad. as long as as long as it's 1926 to 1989, that's Emperor oh. Showa, aka Hirohito. Okay, okay. That explains a lot then. This uh this series I do know though only goes until the 50s or 60s. Okay. So I'm still interested to see why or what he chose as the stopping point. Yeah, so it looks like his stopping point, after, if you've read, if you finish all four books, you will actually mm -hmm. stop on 1989. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, so the last book is 1953 to 1989. Oh, okay. Maybe that's where I got that 1954 number from. Yeah. That makes sense. But I'm looking at, I'm flipping through uh, the first volume right now. And um, it it is showing me every I liked about everything I liked about it. Like all of the characters are very very um, cartoonish, but then he uses these really like hyper realistic, hyper detailed drawings to then make emphasis on things that he wants to show as really important. And it's really cool because you'll get just like these big, broad, cartoony characters that have like a maximum of five lines on their face. And then wow. you'll turn to the next page and you'll see a blade of grass that has like a minimum of five lines to make up that blade of grass. And it's just, it's really, really great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll 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 catch up on that in a <laughs> yeah yeah. I can I can, I can turn that into a circle. I can talk for circles around the art of of old manga, especially the ones mm. that I've read before. 
But anyways, so apparently, the, yeah, this guy is one of the creators. So definitely check him out. Yeah, I'm gonna save this page. All right, so back to the show. Okay. Is Brandon here yet? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. All right. Um, 